So what that means is I will, I'm going to present things. What you have is a handout that was prepared years ago. Do you know that? Do you realize what we're doing here was, is a page out of the past? Um, what we've done over these past few weeks, Nate and I are tag teaming. He's actually with the youth at Meredith's. That's where I was last week. It's where I will be next week. And we just decided that we would duplicate uh, this and, and swap out. So um, when, we, when we got to thinking about the fall, uh, we thought it would be, it was way overdue to go to take some of those things that actually became foundational for Cornerstone. And so what you have in front of you is simply, an, is, it's got a new date on it, it's got a new title, but everything else after the heading on that handout was written six years ago or more, maybe seven. Um, it was, I guess it was more. It was a Sunday school class that, wa- that met before Cornerstone was birthed, but it was, uh, it was imminent at the time. It was, this is who we are. This is the church that we intend to be after looking at what God's word says about a local church, about the distinctives that we want to make sure remain distinctive. And so this is old stuff. But for most of you, it's new because most of you, uh, if you were here uh, when it was first done, my guess is you've lost the handout (laughs) or uh, hopefully what you're going to hear are things that you've heard in many, in many ways, simply because um, this has been the DNA for Cornerstone for quite some time. Uh, If you just came in, Todd said he would help uh, get these. Oh, that's not them. I did say that. I didn't make that up. Didn't you? I did. Yeah. Um, If you were here last week, I think you got this handout, which is new, and I've got probably enough of these to go around. I'm not going to be talking from this today, but if you were not here last week and want to see the the condensed, short, revised version of what what we have in your hands, it's called the Cornerstone Way. And it is, it is bullet points, and one of the bullet points is our topic for today, very condensed. So what, what I gave out, what you have, is an expanded old version of what has been reduced to a very memorable, short, yeah, here's one, um, the Cornerstone Way. I think, that you, I think you can find this on the website as well. By the way, that website is being redone. Uh, you may be glad to know. And um, if you haven't been there in a while, it does look different and better than it, than it used to. But I've got these up here if you want one later. I'm not going to refer to it, but if you didn't get one and would like one, they're here. Or some of them are here. So the topic for today is, uh, I will read from this just to sort of help you make the connection that our, uh, if our purpose is to worship God, we've talked about that um, repeatedly, and actually Greg Wilbur is going to do a short series on worship after the beginning of the year. Um, so he'll expand that sometime in January. That's something that you can look forward to. If our purpose is to worship, is worship to glorify God, if our place is community, and we have talked about that in here, to glorify God and the gospel together, then our path, purpose, place, path. Do you hear Nate's work there? Purpose, place, path. Our path uh, starts with discipleship and it ends in mission. 
And those two things actually belong together. And I'll intend to say something about that when we finish today. But discipleship is our topic for the day, to glorify God in the gospel together as disciples, as followers of Christ. So that's our topic. Um, if you didn't get a handout, Todd's got them. Um, just raise a hand if you didn't get one. Um, and just to orient you, uh, it says brief review, but I, 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 that will be extremely brief unless you have questions uh, because the topics these last few weeks have been the gospel. That's where it all starts. It starts with God's the good news. That's what gospel means. Uh, it's the good news that God has remembered his promise to send a redeemer to rescue and restore and, and renew all things, to, to rescue us from sin, to re- restore creation's order and beauty, and, and to renew all things. God remembered his promise. That's, that is the gospel. And there are other, um, other aspects to it, but, but the gospel is where it begins and ends. Uh, it forms a community. And one of the things that we said is the gospel forms a community and we are formed in that community. <laughs> uh, it, it goes both ways. The gospel, um, heard and understood and responded to, uh, brings us together into a body. And it's in that body that we are formed and shaped. And so when we talk about home fellowship groups, we talk about that's a place where you where you experience the gospel by pressing the gospel into one another's lives, re- reminding one another of these things that are true and, and living in response to that. So community is formed by the gospel and we're actually formed, shaped, uh, renewed in that, which is why home fellowship groups or small groups of a variety of kinds are, are a big part of the life of Cornerstone. It's our hope that, that you would, if you're not there that you would find your way to a group where, where you are known and being known, where people know how to, who know what the struggles are in your lives, what the issues are, uh, what, what decisions you're making, how to pray for you and actually do. And so my question I've often asked people is, who knows how to pray for you and is? <laughs> you know, we swap prayer requests uh, but, but we need to be, a, we ought, and are, we, we are benefit if we're a part of a, of a community in which people are praying for us in ways that fit, that are, that are in line uh, with, with um, what's going on in our lives in any given moment. So um, that's the gospel, that's community. And uh, what you've talked about here recently was the, the way we grow. It's referred to as means of grace. The word, prayer, fellowship, sacraments, those are, are ways that we grow, being a part of a body. Um, I think of them as, as places where I put myself in the pathway. It's like walking in the middle of the road. Uh, when I'm in worship, when I'm praying, when I'm reading scripture and the sacraments, all of those things are putting myself in the pathway of grace. Um, there's where God meets me. It's where he meets us in those ordinary means of grace. So today, as I said a moment ago, our topic is to understand that the call of the gospel is a call to be and make disciples. Now, you knew that. 
Um, but what does that look like, and how does it work, and what, what stands in the way of that? Um, the, uh, the reformer Martin Luther put it like this, that we're saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. It, it's accompanied by a life that has been altered and is being formed and transformed. And um, in particular, the, the outflow of, of a life that has been captured by the gospel is going to show up. There's going to be fruit that is born. There's, there's fruit based on uh, the depth and the reality and the beauty of God's love for us. It doesn't leave us unchanged. So um, some people have said um, that, that God gives us his word not merely to inform us, but primarily to transform us. That's really uh, at, at the heart of it. He reveals who he is, and it's, it answers a lot of our questions, and we look to this and we get a, a way of thinking and living, right? We get, we get our bearing set on what's true, what's lovely, what's beautiful, what is, what is not. It explains my world. It explains my story. It explains what goes on inside of me. But the reality is God's word is given to us to transform us, to change us. And that's what Jesus had in mind when he looked at 12 men and said, what did he say? He said, follow me. <laughs> he said a lot of things, but, that, but he repeatedly said that. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the resurrection, and the life. But he continually said, follow me. That's where it started. And so that picture of Peter and, and Andrew leaving their nets and, and saying, this man is saying something I've not, I'm not hearing anywhere else. Um, later on, you know, it got tricky and troublesome and people started dropping off and, and uh, as, as followers of Christ started not to follow when some of the things got hard and puzzling and demanding perhaps. Um, Jesus looked at the 12 and said, do you want to leave too? And you remember Peter's answer? Yeah, where, where else would we go? You have the words of life. And, and at the end of the day, that's where, that's where, the, that's where this lands. Um, we live lives and we live in a world where there are all kinds of things pulling and directing and suggesting and offering, offering more than they can deliver. And at the end of the day, where else we go? Where else are we going to go? Because you have the words of eternal life. That's the reason. Uh, and so there's where it begins, this whole walk, this following Christ. So um, it's captured in these, in this, uh, this, f these phrases at the end of Matthew from Jesus' lips that you all will no doubt recognize. Matthew 28, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He's speaking to disciples and he says, You're, you now go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. All, all that I've commanded you. I've not given you anything that wasn't important. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, 
what you, there's, there's, you hear a couple of things uh, from that passage. One is how necessary discipleship is. It was, it was the last words Jesus spoke uh, to his disciples before ascending to heaven and uh, leaving the ball in their hands. Uh, this idea of being and making disciples is, uh, is not for a few. It's not for the elite. It really is for all of us. Um, so, <clears throat> so this discipleship, um, I remember um, at one time, and I, I can't remember what time in my life this was, but some of you will recognize this. Um, dis, the word disciple sounded like it was directed to certain ones. I mean, we call them the disciples, right? We call the apostles, we call them the disciples. That's what the New Testament calls them. And, and what it felt like for, for a long time was there's Jesus, there's the disciples, and then there's us right? That's the way you can, you can kind of read the New Testament that way. You can read the Gospels that way. There's Jesus, there's disciples, and then there's us. We talk about um, the apostles, and sometimes we use those words interchangeably, and there is a distinction. Those 12 disciples, we know not all 12 made it, right? But we know that there were followers of Christ who heard his teaching, who lived it out, who watched him, watched this life lived out perfectly and beautifully and obediently. And they were puzzled by him and they were enamored with him. And they became the foundation, minus one, the foundation of the church. So we refer to the apostles' teaching, referring to those 11 plus one that was added later. There was a body that, that actually took the baton, so to speak. But as they took the baton, uh, they, were in char- they were charged to go, therefore, and make what? Disciples. So this notion of Jesus' disciples and, and the rest of us is, is a fallacy. Uh, there's Jesus and apostles. Those 12 had a role that you and I don't have because it was foundational. And they taught, they wrote, they carried the torch, so to speak. But, but that torch, they passed to who? Disciples. <laughs> uh, they served a unique role at a period in time in the, as the church was being formed and, and, and taking shape uh, in the aftermath of the risen Lord, ascended Lord. Um, he is seated right now, and he leads and rules and, and directs his church and his followers, his disciples. So um, a really helpful way uh, to, to think about the word disciple is to think of follower. I've got a friend who, who um, somewhere along the way decided he, when he was asked, um, so who, who are you, what do you do? And, he's, and he, he decided I don't know that he always did it or still does always do this, but there was a period of time when instead of saying, well, I work for X, Y, Z, I'm, uh, he says, I'm a follower of Christ. That's who I am. I'm a follower of Christ. 
Now that can, that can start a discussion or end one right real quickly, <laughs> but uh, that's not a bad thing uh, either way. It's, I'm a follower of Christ. Um, why, why would that be a better answer than, than simply if asked about his religious preferences, I'm a Christian? What, help me here, help, help one another. What's different between I'm a Christian and I'm a follower of Christ? Huh? I thought I heard something. 99%? That might be a little high, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But so what does the word follow suggest? Huh? Feet on the ground. That's great. Feet on the ground. This is making a difference. I intend that it make a difference in my life. It's not simply that I adhere to a certain set of principles and theories or beliefs. It is, it is not less than that. It's more than that. Uh, it's not just that I believe certain things, but that, but that it has landed my life in such a way to make an impact, feet on the ground, hands in the dirt, uh, engaged in purposes bigger than my own. When we do the membership vows here, one of, you'll recognize this vow, most of you. Do you promise to live as becomes the follower of Christ? You've already acknowledged a couple of things that you believe, that, that, uh, that you need Christ, that, in, that, that God in Christ has pursued you uh, in love, and then the response is to live as become a follower of Christ. I, I love that language, uh, except for the, the archaic part of it. You know, we don't talk about as becomes. But, there, but even there, you know, that's a good, that is helpful language. I want to live in such a way, dependent upon the grace of the Holy Spirit, that's in there as well, to live like a follower of Christ, to live like a follower of Christ looks. That's the pledge that, that you make upon entrance into um, this denomination, this local church, and um, it, it, sets, it sets us in the right direction. It's not only that I'm, I'm a sinner, I need grace and mercy, and God, has, God in Christ forgives my sins, and in response, I'm, I'm pledging, I intend, um, to order my life around the purposes of God in the world. There's, there's a new ordering. There's a new motivation. There's a new, there's a new reason. And um, that's, what it, that's what it looks like to follow. Um, that's what it's after. So that's how necessary it is. I'm going to pick up the speed here, and uh, we're going to get to the back of this pretty quickly here. But the nature, uh, the scope of discipleship is all nations. It's not just uh, Franklin. It's not just Davidson County, wherever I live or work. Uh, it is all nations. I got a message. Do you know the app, WhatsApp? Some of you know that one. Uh, it's great for international communication, particularly. It's, it's free. That's, that helps, too. So I get a message this morning at uh, our daughter, from our daughter, who some of you have met. And uh, this morning, uh, a month ago, she left here to go to Scotland to live in Scotland in order to reach, uh, to have uh, 
interact with missionary families of Mission to the World. That's our denomination's missions agency. And so her team cares for the children of missionaries all over the world, but in her case, particularly Europe. So I get a text for her, from her, uh, a message, a WhatsApp this morning. She's in the Ukraine. My little girl is in the Ukraine. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Uh, n- neither did she, by the way. But, but it is all nations. Uh, there are missionaries from Europe gathered in Ukraine to renew, to restore, and then to go back out where they, where they live their lives. And they've gathered this weekend in the Ukraine uh, for, for renewal and for um, refreshment, for instruction, for life together. They're doing this together. But the scope is all nations. That includes not only Ukraine, but the missionaries that will leave Ukraine, I guess, Monday morning and go back to where they live and serve. So we as a local church are are involved in that. And uh, other nations, the scope is the nations not only there, but here, right? The nations that have come here. Uh, So the work of Servant Group International is falls, it feels like it falls under the definition of uh, mission, but you could say, no, that's simply discipleship. We're making disciples. And uh, that's how interrelated the two are. Uh, the scope is all nations, the gateway of discipleship, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father. That is the entrance. That is a naming uh, event where the name of God is placed upon either a child or a believer. We grow up into it, we, we believe, uh, here. But when you, when you belong to him, you, are, you, you bear his name. And, and that's, that is the marker, that is the gateway uh, as, um, as it's described here. The path is teaching them to observe all commands. And the hope of discipleship is Christ's presence and authority. He is with us. All authority is in me. Um, and I am with you to the end of the ages. And that is the hope. So um, this gospel growth, this growing into disciples, um, rightly is described here as a community effort. I don't grow apart from you. We don't grow apart from one another. If we... um, if we remove ourselves from the, from the lively, active, purposeful, gathered body of Christ, it should be no surprise when our faith begins to take on extraneous things or detrimental things or we begin to shrivel. Uh, you, um, you, you pull a piece of fruit off of the vine and it doesn't mature. It doesn't grow. It stops right there, right? If you, if you pick it too soon, it's no good. Um, and, and that's one of the principles here. In, in, in Ephesians 4 and beyond, uh, Paul puts it like this. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head in Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love should be. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loves us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Change is a community project. There's another way of saying that. Growth is a community project. 
Um, I need people who, um, who, who help me see the beauty of Christ, who help me see my blind spots, who are coming alongside. We, and as each part is doing its work, the body grows. It's not just the teaching gifts that, that we need. We need all the gifts. Uh, we need your gifts. However God has wired you, he has wired you for the common good, is the way Paul put it. It's not simply your gift to, uh, to enjoy. <laughs> uh, it is your gift to employ, it, to use. And normally, I believe, God gives us clusters of gifts. So you, you may have some idea of how God has made you. And uh, if you are fuzzy on that, that might be an important next thing to sort of address. And that is, God, how have you made me, wired me in such a way that I don't have to be who she is? That's not the goal. It's to be who you have made me to be with the gifts you've given me to employ within the body of Christ. And there again, we are not in isolation. That, is, that requires community. That requires overlap, impact, engagement. It requires knowing and being known. And so as each part does the work, we grow. Uh, discipleship doesn't happen in a library, you know, by yourself. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer, a big believer in solitude and the personal retreats, but, but that's in order to return and to be a part of an active fellowship called the body. Uh, you can read through the, uh, the ABCs there. I'd like us to just to go ahead and turn the page here. When disciples don't grow, how, uh, what, is, what is the reason for that? I've already hinted at a couple. Um, and here's... There's, this is what was distributed years ago, and it's still true. There are common stumbling blocks for growth. So think about your own uh, narrative, your own story. There may have been periods and times in your life where some of these could, could be, you can draw the line to a point in time in your life where you see this. It could be that you could draw a line to something now, but... Um, but at least think through these. Stumbling blocks and growth. The first one listed there is neglecting the means. Uh, word, sacrament, prayer, fellowship. Without the word, I'm not going to grow. If I'm not on my knees, if I'm not in fellowship, if I'm not um, uh, attending to these sacraments like the one that we do weekly. And even when you observe a baptism, uh, if you're not the parent bringing their child or if you're not the, the believer professing faith, you, you have a grand and glorious moment to renew your own, to renew your own vows, to recognize God sought you before you sought him. And so that's why we say that the sacraments are, are a part of that. And so um, attend to what, uh, to what goes on week after week here. Neglecting the means, um, it could be that there's no routine that my spiritual life is erratic. Um, I won't ask for a show of hands there because we all know what that is. And, it, and it's, either, it's either going on now or it did or it will, this erratic spiritual life that we live without routine. And yeah.
spiritual way, but something that's really helped me to grow is to find out what really gives me pleasure in doing a spiritual giftedness. Whatever that is, it could be singing, it could be uh, writing, it could be meeting uh, my neighbors, whatever it is, if each person just figured out what's that unique spiritual activity that gives them great joy as well as they do it specifically, mm -hmm. then that kind of puts a routine of a repetitive uh -huh. Reaching out in yeah. Design. Yeah. That's good. Have everything we're supposed to do, it gets really kind of a jumble. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you heard that. Uh, everything that we do is not what you were to do. Uh, it's, there's all kinds of needs. There's all kinds of ways to use gifts. But, but Cornerstone has intentionally tried to put some things in place for you that are routine that are reg what would, what are some of the things what are, what are some of the things that either cornerstone did does or could do that but think about what what cornerstone is doing now that are routine women's weekly, we, women's weekly bible study there's a good one do you go to that one i guess you did. i i thought so a women's weekly bible study men can you think of anything there are a couple of men's uh, things that are regular what else Vespers, yeah. Vespers right here on Wednesday nights, not all year long, but it is weekly, seasonally in the fall and spring as we prepare for um, Advent, moving up to Advent, and then as we move toward uh, Easter in the spring. So Vespers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the devotional books. Somebody puts a lot of time into that, if you, if you can't uh, imagine, and it's not me. And, uh, and those are done to give you tracks to run on together, it, it, interestingly. There are all kinds of things like that, but the value of, of doing something together carries some weight and, and value. Um, yeah. And you can think of others, but just the erratic uh, spiritual life is one of the reasons that we, we may not, I may not be growing. If, if I'm so spur of the moment or so opposed to... Um, regiment or, or patterns or things like that. We have freedom in Christ. Of course we do. But there's a place where rhythms and patterns do have an impact and there's a place for them. Uh, same old, same old. Stuck in a spiritual rut. Um, yeah, that happens before you know it. You know, um, how we get there and, and is all kinds of ways, but the way out of a spiritual rut is to recognize it. It's simply to recognize, oh, oh, that's what's going on. I'm just, I'm spinning my wheels. Lord help. Um, who could help me sort of get some traction here? Who, who could I talk to that would help me get traction in my spiritual life? Um, Caught in a trap, entangled in sin. Hebrews 12 says, lay aside the sin which easily entangles. There, there, are, there are sins and your mind may go to specific ones that are troublesome for you. But any sin, any breakdown can, can actually entangle and, uh, and be trap-like. And we need to, get our, to let God help us get our feet out of the, out of the cement, out of the trap. And he does, and he will, uh, as we as we look to him. 
lull to sleep, spiritual slumber. Um, maybe we're using uh, the wrong yardstick, measuring growth by the wrong standards. What standard would, would God want us to use to measure growth? His word, yeah. yeah his word is the final word on, on all things. And we see there that, that what God is really after is character change, right? Um, God is in the, in the process of growing the fruit of the Spirit in us. Um, that would be a good yardstick, just starting right there. Um, the, uh, the, the lessons from the Pharisee and the tax collector, you know that story, I'm, I'm sure. Um, if we're looking to our performance, then we're looking the wrong way. Um, or if we're looking to others. We're, we're, we're not using the right standard. It's not, how do I measure up compared to him or her? Um, how does my life look uh, in the, through the lens of God's will and his purposes for me? Um, not on a scale of one to ten, where do I rank? But um, before God, what is it that he is at work trying to grow in me? What fruit? Um, yeah. So here's a portrait. Uh, basic characteristics. I use this. I mentioned following. Uh, the synoptics use that word a lot. The apostle John uses the word believe a lot. The synoptics use follow repeatedly. Uh, but following Christ, uh, willing to pay the cost. You'll recognize that passage if you look it up. It's um, um, unless you. If you love your family more than me, it won't work. We are to love our families, yes, but, but if we to love our families more than me, it won't work. Um, that's also where uh, Jesus says, it's the one who takes up his cross. That is not a mother-in-law. <laughs> that is an instrument of death. That's what that is. To take up the cross is, is a willingness to die. Uh, the cross is not hard circumstances. It's not a relationship that's, that's difficult. Um, sometimes people have used it in, in those categories. But to take up your cross is a willingness to die. And, and Jesus is the one in John 12 where he says, unless a seed of grain dies, um, and only when it does, will it bear fruit. So we're, 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 we're called to put our will, submit our will to his, to bury it under his love and to trust him. That's the, that's the cross bearing. That's the, the dying to self. That's a portrait of a disciple. Humbly serving. Uh, teachable. Fruitful. We've talked about that. That's John 15 is the, the vine and the branch. Apart from me, the, Resting in me, abiding in me, attached to me, united to me by faith, apart from me. You can do nothing but attached, abiding, united. Guess what? You, you bear fruit. Fruit results from that. Characterized by love, filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Those are just descriptions you see in the New Testament of disciples. They were filled with joy. 
in the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, that is to mark my life and yours, a joy. Uh, that's not a personality uh, trait. It's a, it's a gospel response. We're not talking about temperament because there's all kinds of temperaments. But what we're talking about is whatever your temperament is, uh, your temperament may actually determine how that joy is expressed, but there's a joy nonetheless that, that is different from happiness because it's not contingent upon circumstances, but upon the love of God. And so we, in the Old Testament, when you see these people shouting, you know, in response to God's goodness and his mercy and in worship, and maybe we should shout a little more. Uh, a portrait of a disciple. Um, I'll run through these pretty quickly too and, and just leave a, a moment for uh, just any comments. Uh, loving the lost in our homes, work, school, and neighborhoods. That's evidence. Uh, increase in parish-mindedness and neighborhood care. Thinking about our neighbors and being neighborly uh, to, to those around us. Older people discipling younger in the church. That's an evidence a New Testament picture. Increase in prayerfulness, hospitality to members and strangers, informal gatherings characterized by spiritual fellowship, an increase in sacrificial giving, greater evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, making career sacrifices to serve the church, husbands lovingly leading their wives, wives graciously submitting their husbands, parents disciplining children in the faith. Those are family relationships that are impacted by the gracious work of God in us. And then finally, a corporate willingness to discipline unrepentant and public sin. That's a, there's a lot packed into that, but, but, it, but discipleship means dealing with hard things and, at times and um, exhortation and rebuke and instruction of one another, that we belong to one another is what, what we're getting at here. Um, comment, oh, it's a lot of material. We're, about to, we're going to hear a bell in a moment, but just what, what thoughts or questions might you have regarding any of that? I don't know that I have the answer, but yeah. 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 Some of you, back row may not hear this, but she's thinking of Jonathan Edwards, who would daily, evening, inventory his life, kind of what happened today. Um, I've got a version that I, that I use from time to time that I could, could make available. It came from Australia, uh, a, a, a pastor in Australia. But, um, but, but that, is a good, that is a good idea to just sort of pay attention, check my pulse, my spiritual pulse on a, on a routine basis. Sometimes it may take um, spending a morning away somewhere, if, if any of you have that flexibility, just to be able to take a block of time and just say, my purpose here is to think about what it looks like to be a disciple and to pray, pray through some of the things on a page like this and to, um, and to set your heart on those things. Um, anything else? Yeah. 
gratitude or something, if I'm going to hold on to it or give it up. I just say to myself, I love Jesus more. Hmm. That simple statement puts right in front of my face, do I love this more or do I love Jesus more? And the fact by stating I love Jesus more to myself helps me kind of write my compass <coughs> easier or better. That's really, really good. Purposeful. Yeah. Do I love Jesus more? Do I love Jesus more? Yeah. I say, make it the same way. Yeah. I love Jesus more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, to combat that, to add variety. Yeah, and yeah. And I was thinking of the Saturday seminars, you know, conferences. Yeah, yeah. Different things that Yeah, so we said there's a place for pattern and rhythm, and then there's the problem of same old, same old. You know, so you got to kind of walk, walk through that carefully. Uh, rhythms and patterns can become same old, same old, unless... I'm, I'm approaching that rhythmic pattern of my life with a, with a fresh desperation for God and, a, and, a, and wanting to know him deeper and deeper. So don't just check the box of I did this, I did this, but go into that box with pencil to check knowing that um, I'm not simply falling into same old, same old. I want, I want something new and fresh you know, from his word. Um, there's, a, there's a verse I wanted to read. It's tucked away in Isaiah chapter 50. You can look at it later. Write this down, Isaiah 54, verse 4, Isaiah 50. The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. Morning by morning, here's what I want you to hear. Morning by morning, he awakens me. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. There's this, there's this morning by morningness of listening to God through his word. And we know that's not just mornings, but morning by morning, day by day, uh, as one being taught. That's one of the features and characteristics of a disciple, someone who is, in fact, that's what the word means, learner, <laughs> But not just learning information, but learning for change's sake. I haven't learned it if I just know the language and the vocabulary. I could pass a test, but it hasn't, I haven't learned anything until it shows up feet on the ground. And that's, and that's what Isaiah is talking about, and that's what we're after. <clears throat> a friend of mine <clears throat> says, you know what a disciple is? If you read through the Gospels, you might conclude a disciple is someone who messes up frequently in public. So, so factor that in. You know, what we're talking about here is people that don't, don't always get it right, but want to get it and belong to one who gets him and her. And, and keep that in mind. We, we mess up, we flub up, we sin. We, we, we're, there's still folly kind of buried deep in us. But we have to unlearn some things while we're learning things that are true and lovely and beautiful. Lord, would you do that? Would you teach us day by day, morning by morning, week by week? Uh, Give us rhythms in our lives that are not same old, same old, uh, but that would put our feet on the ground to be able to be your instruments for your purposes. So as many of us have pledged, we want to live as becomes the followers of Christ dependent upon you and the grace of the Holy Spirit for all of that.
that we might order our lives around your purposes in the world, following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Next week, it's mission. And that's the last. That's the last of this series.